holding pocket. It's time now for the chipping forecast, issued by Folding Pocket on behalf of Andrew Cotter, Eddie Pepperell and special guest Ian Carter. Hello then, welcome to the chipping forecast. Uh, once again, I am here, I, Andrew Cotter, with our special guest, as he is titled, Ian Carter is here. Hi, Ian. Hello, Andrew. How are you? I'm very, very well. Thank good, you very good. much indeed. Just good, good. Yeah, no, thank you for asking. Um, we'll get on to some informal jocular chat in a minute. But, um, <laughs> but Eddie, Eddie is not here because he is uh, he's in a car at the moment en route to uh, Edinburgh, I think, from Kingsbarns after he played today. Because we're recording this on the Monday afternoon evening. The Dunhill Links obviously, was extended yeah. into... I mean, it looked... For an event that is such fun, Ian, such fun, it, did, it did, looked did, not yeah, fun. Yeah, I mean, did, did that weather make it onto the shipping forecast? I mean... Uh, well, exactly. The The shipping forecast said uh, strong gales and rain. Actually, looking at the weather, to be serious for a moment, my goodness me, they had a month's rain in a in a weekend in, in Scotland, which, you know, we joke about the weather in Scotland, but actually serious awful um, flooding, etc. And I've never, I don't know if you saw some of the pictures from, you know, Swilkin Burn was nearly overflowing and the Barry Burn, incredible. I mean, and, and it was so slow moving as well, just wasn't moving, moving through. So a real shame for that event. I find it really incongruous as well, uh, Andrew, because, um, and I know we have a lot of listeners in Scotland, so I hope, <laughs> hope they take it um, in, in the right spirit. But like you, I mean, I I can't remember the last time I've seen a cloud. Really, um, I mean, other than sort of over your head when you get one of your moods or something. Yeah, but, but seriously, I, I mean, I live obviously down south, but uh, like you, I had a weekend in in Paris for the rugby, mm. and um, and I mean, it's just been glorious weather everywhere. You know, from Solheim Cup to Ryder Cup to last week at home to. To Paris, I mean, it's just been sensational. And then yeah. to have seen those images from from Scotland, um, I, I, it's really, I, you know, all joking aside, it's just really distressing, isn't it? Yeah. Because to see that that wonderful golfing country just basically swamped um, uh, is is horrible. But they yeah. got a winner. They they did get a winner. We'll come on to the Dunhill Links in a minute, mm. though. I want to um, put simply. I mean, I think that all of our listeners are meteorologically aware or on top of things. But put simply, because of the position of the jet stream, if you've got a high pressure over continental Europe, mm. you know that probably Scotland's getting it grim. And if Scotland has got a high pressure over it, then perhaps you're getting uh, flooding. And that's, this is putting it very very simply. Carol Kirkwood would be slapping me. Over the head with her latest novel. Quite saying, rightly. This is not true. No, but I mean, it's just the division of the, the continent of Europe and usually it's, it's just the position of the jet stream. So it's just been getting... And you're right, in the south of England and even where I am in the middle of England, it's very, very pleasant weather. So it's been very strange to see it. Uh, it's so bad up there. Anyway, we'll come on to that. I do want to talk about your trip to um, Paris because people might not know... But they should know if they see the spelling of your name that you you are of a Scottish persuasion. So you were out there being yes. humiliated at the Stade de France. That what a oh. what a what an occasion though. Yeah, oh, it was incredible. And um yeah, I I mean we were messaging, weren't we, on on Saturday night. I have never seen I think the last time I saw that many Irish people was probably the K Club for the for the Ryder Cup in mm. 2006. But they were all... What's that noise? I've got a, a, a message coming in from someone. Sorry. Really? It's coming oh. in, yeah. Um, see if it's important. I'll give you my full yeah. attention. Oh, it's confirmation of a taxi I've got to uh, for this weekend. Great, oh, really? excellent. Excellent, right. good. That's for the quarterfinals, is it? Quarterfinals, yeah. Yeah, that won't feature Scotland because of a ridiculous draw, but let's not get bitter <laughs> about that. Um <laughs> I've just had an email coming in on that. No, I, I think, um, I, I mean, just to put it in, into context, it was pure coincidence that we got to go to a Scotland match because we just sort of went into a ballot during lockdown and it got, it got us two matches. So as as discussed before, we went to Australia against Georgia, mm. had a fantastic weekend then. 
And then, as luck would have it, you know, this titanic match that was going to be between Ireland and Scotland. Um, And I just really felt for you because I know you were doing the BBC radio commentary and Mm. you couldn't help but feel to get so excited. I I actually said to my wife on the way, I, I said, this is probably the biggest sporting event that I've ever paid to go to. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me. Um, you know, I didn't get to the FA Cup final that was won by Leicester City. I, I, I just, I, it, it felt so massive. And obviously, coming off the back of being at the Ryder Cup for work and the Solheim Cup for work and the Open and the Masters and all of those great events, that I'm lucky enough to go to because I'm being paid to go to them. But this was genuinely buying this ticket, and it was all over. Oh, it was terrible. It was all over within five minutes. Well, it was. was, No, five minutes. I mean, this is in danger of becoming a rugby pod, and there are enough quality ones out there if you want to listen to. Um, mm, The good, the bad, and the rugby. Um, That's the one. That's the one. I couldn't remember the name of it for a moment. (laughs) But it's very good, and occasionally bad, but all all rugby. Anyway, the... Always ugly. um, Always so... (laughs) I, I, yeah, James Lowe scored in the first, uh, one minute and ten seconds. You thought that's it, and then, but then Scotland. Oh, this, sorry, we're going on about rugby here. Anyway, there was a passage of play, and you'll know this in terms of commentary. Scotland had twenty phases battering away in the twenty-two, and after about five phases, you've gone to fifth gear in your commentary because you think this is leading yeah. to something, <laughs> yeah. and then you get to eight phases and think this isn't actually going anywhere. Ireland are just defending, but I've left myself nowhere to go, mm. so I just continued to sort of screech along in fifth gear <laughs> until phase number 20 and an inevitable Irish penalty. And I couldn't, I had to then take a break of about two minutes downing water because I had, uh, there were there was smoke coming out of my my larynx. It was <laughs> just... It's the worst thing, isn't it, when you're commentating? And, and actually, when you're commentating on golf, because the crescendos are are that much more telegraphed, if if you like, you can you can modulate your commentary, can't you, to to be able to hit the high point when the ball disappears mm. into the hole or the outcome is, is yeah. known. But in rugby, it, it just goes on and on and on. Oh, and you no, think, no, no, oh, no. this is it, this is it, it's going to be a... Tr-. And, and you get and higher the, and higher, nightmare, nightmare. So then you think, shall I start again? Shall I go back down a gear, back down two gears and really ram the gearbox and you can hear it when I'll go back down to second gear and start again. But, but I didn't, I just carried on in fifth gear and sounded like a, like an absolute moron. So um, automatic. You need an automatic that seamlessly Actually, changes gears for you. what should have happened, what should have happened, just as we veer into the territory of, of rugby podcasts here, what should have happened was that when Scotland got the penalties that launched those attacks, they should have kicked for goal, yeah. taken the points, and put some pressure on the Irish. They should, yeah, that's uh, Ian getting quite frustrated there. I... Um, <laughs> I was going to, well, I did. I was going to see, well, I wonder if we could get Shane Lowry on because he loves his rugby. So I thought when we found out yeah. that Eddie couldn't be on this pod uh, today, I thought, well, um, well, we'll try and get Shane Lowry. But it, you can you can go through players' managers. Some players, we have their phone numbers directly. Other players, we have to go through the managers. And some, you know, they follow us on social media as we follow them. So you think, I'll slip into the DMs, as is the modern parlance. So I, I had DM Shane Lowry before and I think got a, um, an answer. So oh, I've tried again. that with Shane. Yeah, but the trouble is, so the brutal thing is, because we follow each other on Instagram, you can see that he's re- it says red, seen. Oh. That's what it says. It says seen. Yeah. Yeah. So he's seen my message two minutes after I sent it to him. Mm. Four hours later, nothing. So it's the... No, it's cr- absolutely. So it was the second crushing Irish defeat of the last few days. <laughs> and then I, I just saw that he's just posted himself playing golf with the Barstool Sports Pod or whatever it's called, foreplay no, pod no. or something like that. Oh. So Shane's Shane's dead to me now. We're not. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're not speaking. I mean, he wasn't speaking to me anyway because I'm of no relevance to him whatsoever. But <laughs> no, if he gets back in touch now, um, we'll I'll say, "Oh God, yeah, no, I died. I oh yeah, I forgot. I did. I did send you a message. Didn't I? Oh yeah, no, that's fine. No, I don't. Don't mind. Don't mind. Shane. It doesn't matter. What did you say in the message? Whatever. Did you say come come on the chipping forecast and crow about the rugby? I did pretty much say that, and I said, Ian Carter's really keen to get you on. I couldn't care less, Shane, but, you know, Webs. <laughs> and, um, no, I just said, um, you know, come on and chat about rugby, Ryder Cup, just 10 minutes. You always make it sound as if, you know, this is going to take nothing out of your day, really, Shane. Yeah. You know, so just 10 minutes. In fact, five minutes. In fact, you can just come on and make a noise for five seconds, yeah. just go, Aah. And, 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 and do it enough. for nothing, like playing in the Ryder Cup. Well, do it for nothing. Listen, we 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 do all this for nothing. I mean, we we are hatless yeah, in complaint at not getting. I'm yeah. 
I'm going to start. My caddy is going to uh, go and get to the uh, and, and sort of doorstep the boss of this podcast company. And Do you just think at the at very him. least we could get like a, a folding pocket or a chipping forecast cap to wear so that we can show that we're not in protest? No, no so that so, yeah, so that I can insist on not wearing it and then say, well, it's because I don't want a tan line or because I'm getting ready for my wedding, uh, which I'm not, obviously. So uh, yes, anyway, so there we are. No, we are going to just. Look back on the events of the weekend, first of all, and just leave all this rugby chat and Shane Lowry chat and hat chat aside for a moment. More hat chat to come, in fact. But what? Are, so the Dunhill links, as Ian said, Matt Fitzpatrick won it. Um, so three rounds. So no final round in St Andrews, but it was pretty fair in that everybody had, there were three rounds and everybody had a round in Kingsbarns, Carnoustie and St Andrews. But it just wasn't the sort of special, lovely, fun event that um, I think it has been for years and years and years. And it's very, very unfortunate. But well done, Matt Fitzpatrick, because usually immediately after a Ryder Cup, there's a lot of fatigue from the players, isn't there? And um, But uh, yeah, he came through and, uh, and won it well. Yeah, and I mean, this is someone who uh, just over a Sunday ago actually had a putt to win the Ryder Cup, didn't he? Um, and and didn't quite take that opportunity against Max Homer on the on the final green to snatch the half that would have given uh, Europe their victory at, at that stage much earlier than that dramatic final day uh, actually turned out. But Andrew is really putting together a, a career resume, I think is what they would call yeah. it in, in America. You know, when you think that since winning the US Open, he's now won, obviously, on the PGA Tour, the RBC Heritage, which is a, a big event, and now adding the Dunhill Lynx, uh, which, again, is a huge event. Played with his mum, Sue, in the, in that yeah. as well. I know she was really excited to be to be playing in it and is a Chipping Forecast listener. So, um, well done, Hello, Sue. Sue. Hmm. You've, in, you've, inspired, you've inspired Matt there, which is, is fantastic. But it's just a serious career that he is putting together now. Major winner, winner on both sides of the Atlantic, repeatedly on the European tour. What well, that's his ninth European tour victory now. Mm. I feel quite intimidated knowing that Sue listens to this now because if you know that a player's mother listens to a podcast, then you can't. Because in the future, Matt might, I don't know, do something. Not that he would, because uh. he's a well brought up lad, but he might do something that deserves criticism. And I feel I won't be able to do that because Sue listens. Well, no, I, I think yeah, I think you're perfectly entitled to him. We 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 podcast without fear or favour. Okay, well, on Unless that... mums are listening. On that note, actually not on that note, we'll move on to notes like that shortly, but yeah. um, Matt Wallace, after commentating you, see, that's yes. the, honestly, it, inspire, it inspires players when they, they see the other side of things and they're so keen to get out there again. Nicholas Colesarts was sixth, Matt Wallace was sixth, so, um, yeah, I just think being at the Ryder Cup and being not a, directly a player must be, must be something they just think, right, I want to get back out there. And I was talking about Matt Wallace as... A player who has the potential to be certainly the potential to be a Ryder Cup player, and oh, definitely you know, would have been there. Uh, you know what was it? Two thousand just before COVID, he was really hitting the heights. Um, so who knows? He might be. Oh, uh, I mean, if you think back to twenty eighteen, he he won, didn't he? The last event before the Ryder Cup, having been told by Captain yeah, Thomas Bjorn. That's right. Show us what you're made of. So he went out, <laughs> won it, and then Thomas said, "Nah, no." no. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, Matt. Matt was very open with us when he he agreed to to come and work with us on Five Live at the at the Ryder Cup, and I thought he was fantastic. By the way, on on the air, um, that he was there to be inspired. He was there. He'd never been to a Ryder Cup before, and next time he wants to be there as a player, and he yeah. wants to take inspiration from that. And what he had. Two sixty-eights and a sixty-six last week, albeit in a soggy uh, Dunhill links, which isn't quite the Ryder Cup. I I accept, but um, I'm I'm just relieved that obviously he was clearly very well prepared um, to to play this week because that was the other big fear that it might you know take him away there. Now who is that, Olive or Mabel? Because they're having a brawl at my very feet. Anti Sorry, this is a very Thanks. weird. This is a very weird podcast because normally your camera is on, so I can see you. We've got line, you know, line of sight, but you're being very shy today, and all I can hear is Olive or Mabel or both in the background while I'm nattering on about Matt I'm Wallace. Not, I'm sorry. Um, no, they're having a brawl at my feet. They've, they're very excited because I've come home after three weeks away, um, and so they're having a playful brawl. And it's probably a slightly distracting, so I'm going to stop putting the microphone down to Olive's head. But but they're both very yeah. excited. Anyway, um, actually, I might. What mute was that them. moment like when you walked through the door? 
Oh, if I could commentate on that, honestly, it's it's the best thing well, in the world. Done, like, you have done that sort of thing before. I, I haven't commentated on a return. I've shown a return yeah, to the dog. Maybe that's oh. the next one. No, right, dog, stop it. Stop it now. Here we go. Go, go on, go away. They're not going away. No, they, yeah, it was great, great coming back. It was a, it was a, it was a good trip. It was a long trip with rugby and uh, and Ryder Cup, and then up to Germany to do. Oh, I'll tell you. So I did this event in Germany. And, well, so here's the thing, Ian. You know, you go to lots of amateur events as well, I'm sure, lots of day, golf days, etc., things like that. And you see, now if somebody scored, and this was a great event, and they were lovely mm. people, but if somebody scores 50 points individually in Stableford, mm-hmm. what's, yes. what's, I don't, I wonder about handicaps across the amateur game, because, you know, when you're entering a yes. proper amateur event, the, everybody has to have a certificate, and it's properly done, etc. Well, not a certificate anymore, a digital certificate. But some of the, Someone won, well, it, they didn't win it. It was a team event, but individually they had 50 points stable for the next best player had oh, 48 no. points stable for And I'm thinking, for what? You know, you're not winning anything because you're only cheating yourself. You're not convincing anybody that you're. Now, I'm not, no. that, I'm not saying they're cheating because that might have been just an amazing day to shoot 14 under partners. But um, yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, I happened I to be at a dinner a couple of weeks ago, um, just happened to be there. And. Mm. Um, and the, it was the end of a golf day and they did the prize presentations right at the end of the night. And the prizes look fantastic. These really great hampers and they got they got range finders in them and every. I was mm. like, God, that'd be well worth winning. And then they announced the winner and with 49 points and, you know, this chap sort of walked up beaming from... No, and, no, you... and, and, and And honestly, this was like the applause. Oh, no, I've, you, you should be booed for that. You should get crickets and then booing yeah. growing out of the cricket yeah. noise. But I that's, fear it might be more and more prevalent under the new handicap. I mean, that's just anecdotal. But It is. Uh, yeah. But I had to listen, some some people will have an amazing day and I would hate for them to, you know, if someone does shoot, just has a miracle day like the 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 reverend at the end of you know, Caddyshack when Bill Murray's mm. caddying for him. Um, but, right, so but, here's a question. Here's yes. a question on that very subject, okay? So... Because obviously we've been really, really busy with the the golf season building up to the Ryder Cup and everything. I haven't played golf now for at least four, maybe five weeks. Mm. So I'm going to play on Wednesday morning and um, my partner has been away from the game for quite some time, um, you know, get overcoming various health things. He's doing really well now. And so he said, right, um, I need to get a couple of cards in. And I said, well, I'll, I'll mark a card for you. I said, I think it's a midweek Stableford. I'll go in that as well. So I'm going to go in a, in a midweek Stableford on Wednesday morning. Mm. And having not played for five weeks, he's played sporadically over the last year, not very much at all. We'll put those cards in. In all probability, they're going to inflate our handicap is that the right thing to be doing? Or, or, and the chipping forecast at foldingpocket.co.uk would be interested in, or should I just treat that as a practice round, try and get myself back into the game, practice a bit, and genuinely get myself back to my usual kind of standard, which isn't great, but usual mm. kind of standard, and then put a card in? I don't know. I think that, you know, not playing for a few weeks is not, is, is, a bit of a layoff, but it's not. I think you should put it in because it's an average of your golfing performance over the year, mm. your handicap. So, so yeah. I would, um, yeah, no, I would put a, I would put a card. It depends what you want as well. So, mm. do you want to? My target in golf was always to get my handicap as low as possible. Me too. And because yeah. that's, I, I, I was always competing against myself. That's what I wanted to do, yeah. as I am in everything, competing against the demons. <laughs> you know, but you, you wanted to sort of set yourself a challenge of playing as well as you can and, and getting as low as you could. I couldn't imagine in artificially inflating my handicap to no. to win an umbrella or a packet of golf balls or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, and earn the opprobrium of people at a corporate event booing you up to the stage to collect a handshake yeah. from Ian Carter and a, a, a range finder. Yeah. So, I remember. I mean, I remember the, the 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 absolute height of my golfing prowess got me down to five point five, mm. and being so proud. And if I could just get to five point four, then I'd be a five handicapper. And that that for me that would have been absolutely yeah. a stunning old school five as well. Old yeah, school, yeah, uh, old school, yeah, proper currency. Yeah, and uh, and now, uh, but then I I spent the next two years getting point ones back and just literally being a cash point every time I played golf. 
Because yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't compete on that. But uh, as uh, you know, as it turned out, but you had, you had an honest, hard handicap, which was a, yeah. it's like when I play against someone, even now after not playing, if I play with someone who's a scratch golfer and they say, "How many shots do you want?" I I will say I'd rather play you and lose five and four, which I probably would. But I'd, I'd like I like the challenge of it. Mm. I don't want to. I mean, the handicaps the handicaps are great, but I also like the idea of trying to be as good as you as you can or challenge yourself as much as you can anyway there we are but we'll come on to it listen I've, I've signed up for a, a golf club fitting which we'll talk about later on have the you? Pod. Oh. yeah um just uh, rounding up things in the dunhill links yeah. a bit of a live rapprochement um yes you know to have first of all i mean it was remarked upon that uh yasar al rumayan uh, was playing first of all he entered it as andrew waterman <laughs> Yeah, because it was done sort of anonymously. Didn't want it to be known that he was playing, and then it, the, the word got out, so then disappeared as His Excellency uh, Yasser Al Rumayan. So he was playing with Peter Uline, a live player, in mm-hmm. a group which had Jordan Smith playing with Martin Slumber. So Yasser Al Rumayan was playing with Martin Slumber. I can't call him His Excellency. That's just, it's like, uh, yeah. I just anyway, Yasser Al Rumayan was playing with Martin mm-hmm. Slumber. So and Johan Rupert and Louis Eustazen, another live player, uh, was in a mm-hmm. group with Jimmy Dunn. And Adrian Moronk. So there's there's something happening, isn't there, in terms of uh, a, a bit of a breaking down of well, there has been for a while in terms of breaking down the hostilities. Might be a sort of reigniting of some hostilities in America on it, but but things seem to be happening that are bringing everybody together a bit more. Well, it's it's interesting because remember what Eddie was saying about that that report um, that came out on Bloomberg last week, saying that the PGA Tour. We're looking at uh, some private investment coming in, potentially the suggestion being that the framework agreement with the Saudi PIF was in trouble. And that's got to be concluded really by the end of the year. They've got to be making serious progress. And my, from what I've heard, um, all sides still want that deal to go through, but they are miles apart, mm. it would seem. So it can only help that um, HE is there <laughs> with the powers that be. And, you know, Johan Rupert is a very significant figure in all yeah. of this as well. And he is one of those people, he's the, you know, he's the head of Richemont, isn't it? That, yeah. um, that and, and Alfred Dunhill is one of the, the, the brands that comes out of that. But uh, what Johan Rupert wants, he tends to get. Mm. And, you know, no surprise that these live players are all of a sudden able to play in a DP World Tour event in the way that they have done in in the past few few days in the in the Scottish rain, um, yeah. and and the fact that you know he, he, the the question was asked of Martin Slumbers at the Open as to whether he would accept accept on behalf of the RNA Saudi sponsorship, and he didn't rule that out. So you know that's an important potential revenue stream for the RNA. What will they discuss? You know, many a deal gets done on on the golf course, and even if it was only to to say to set up a future meeting, it's it's easy to to uh, guess that that might have been on the agenda. I, I read somewhere as well, um, and I don't know whether it happened that he he was set to play with Peter Dawson as well, PD. who's chairman of the uh, former RNA. Um, chief executive, but chairman of the OWGR. Yeah, and, and 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 we know that there's news coming out on that in terms of that. I think, well, Peter Dawson said that the world rankings. There is going to be news on developments on mm. your know, ranking points for 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 live golf potentially. So I think that things are certainly certainly coming together on that. It, it said he on the the, the scoreboard that's carried yeah. around, and the group said he, didn't it? Yeah, his excellency. I, mean, hey. I don't know his excellency. I can't. Uh, I don't really do titles. I'm not. Uh, we're all Jock Thompson's yeah. bairns, as somebody once said. I don't know who said that, but um, I don't know. It's uh, his ex. Are you supposed to? So if if you were in a position, if you were in a position where where maybe one day you got some corporate work, um, and you had to introduce 
um, Sir Nick Faldo or Dame Laura Davies. I don't use sirs. I don't. Um, you do, you, I don't, you just, I don't you, do you, it. No. Because well, well, interestingly, on the sir, that prefix, that name is is supposed to just replace Mister. So if we're all allowed to go around and say, well, this is Mister Ian Carter here, then we can say Sir Nick Faldo or Sir Mo Farah or whoever it might be. I don't say Sir Andy. Mar Some of them, of course, insist upon it. Mo Farah yeah. insists on having Sir Mo on his uh, on his bib. Like, no, yeah. and that's just. Uh, and Faldo was very keen to have Sir Nick Faldo. On I everything. remember seeing his number plate once on, a, on on his car in in Florida. It was this Porsche, and it got Snick was his number plate. S Nick. Um, yeah, but yeah. that and that it seems to be applied retrospectively because I remember yeah. seeing something about uh, something that Faldo had done in. I might have been the Ryder Cup when I was going through uh, Keogh Island, and it said Sir Nick Faldo beat such and such. No, he didn't. I mean, he wasn't. It's just Nick, Nicholas Alexander Faldo. Anyway, we're all, I don't know, well, everyone seems to like tight. I'm going to append a prefix to my name. Number one super guy. That's what I mean. So <laughs> His Excellency, hang on, that was Hong Kong. Who <laughs> was my number one super guy? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to refer to Ian Carter as SG, special guest Ian Carter every time <laughs> yeah, I speak SG, to him. I like that. Everyone likes giving themselves titles and awards. People who get MBEs SG and put it as TCF. part of their... Twitter, Twitter handle or X handle, whatever it is now, it's such and such MBE. All right, we know you got an MBE. Great. Oh, oh, MA ons. What about um, the 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 B the BH Patrick Cantley, bareheaded Patrick Cantley? I mean, that's go, that's rumbling and rumbling, isn't it? It is rumbling. It's um, it's rumbling and rumbling and rumbling. I, yeah, it's. So this is that there was a report from uh, Michael Bamberger, who writes for the Fire Pit Collective now, which is a sort of golf, uh, collated golf writings there. And, mm. and so apparently Cantley was on, because they had all this chat, of course, uh, about Patrick Cantley apparently, you know, not wearing a hat in protest and not being paid for the Ryder Cup. But um, he said, of course it's not. It's because I couldn't find a hat to fit me or that I didn't want to avoid a, a tan line or I just, just don't wear a hat or whatever it might be. But then this report suggested that, well, in fact, reported that, Cantley on the first tee was alongside Xander Schofley for the Friday morning foursomes match against McElroy and Fleetwood. And then Steve Sands, who's a um, very experienced guy from NBC Golf Channel, asked him, you know, no hat? And Cantley replied, apparently, I'll wear a hat when I'm paid to be here, like he is, apparently pointing at um, the PG of America's um, director of public well, he's media mm. relations, isn't he? Uh, Julius yeah, Mason. Lovely yeah. guy, Julius. I love great Julius guy. Mason. He's a great guy. Anyway, so um, so then so it uh, appears to have been reignited, as you say. Mm. And uh, then Stefan, Stefan Schofley. Um, you know, father of Xander Schofley in an interview as well was uh, was insisting that players you know, should get paid as well. Uh, I mean, it's it, first of all, it's in contrast to what they were saying during the the match itself, and and secondly, and most importantly, it's just ignited this debate argument because some people are quite on the side of um, players. Say, well, they're working; they're working for a week; they should get paid. So we talked about this before, and I, I don't want this to become a bit of a rant, but, you know, we we are working there for a week and we get paid. But I think it is a very, very different situation when the Ryder Cup is effectively, it, indirectly feeding money into the game of golf and raising the profile of players who are, and these players are high profile players in any case, but they can ask for increased sponsorship. They're a Ryder Cup player. But apart from anything else, the Ryder Cup is special because of its pure competition. Now, I had at the Rugby World Cup, I had lots of people coming up to me and saying, how was the Ryder Cup? That these are not golf fans, mm. and they're saying, "How was the the Ryder Cup? That looks like an an amazing event," and that's because that and that's people outside of golf, and it's uh, it's a uh, it's attracting eyes to the game of golf. They're saying it looks like an amazing event. People outside of golf recognize the size and attraction of the Ryder Cup. It gets eyes on the game. Now, golf is a big sport, but it's not as big a sport as some people within golf think it is. The perception of golf from those within it, I think, is distorted by the amount of money in the game because it is the sport of big business. But this seems to make some people think they're huge global stars. Now, people outside of golf ask about the Ryder Cup and they say, that looks like an amazing event. They're not saying, wow, you work in golf. Have you met the great Patrick Cantley? What's it like to be in his presence? They haven't heard of him. Or what's the legend? What's, what's Xander Schofley like? They've not heard of him. And I'm not, I'm not deliberately belittling Cantley and Schofley, but I think that the money in the game, it's all awash with money at the moment, and it has distorted people's ideas of, sort of value. Because the, the Ryder Cup 
And, and again, this is the contrast between perhaps the American players and the European players in terms of how they view the competition. Because when we talk about it meaning something more to European golfers, it clearly does. It clearly means just something different. To Europe, it's the ultimate competition, and that's what drives them. To some of the Americans, and it is, I'm sure, just some of them, it's just another week in the business of golf. And I, I think it's a little bit a little bit sad, but I think it's kind of inevitable because golf is business. And Patrick Cantley, incidentally, is a sort of businessman who plays golf. He's got that reputation as well, doesn't he, of being a, mm. a sort of thinker and a mover and how can I maximize my earning potential, which I, I suppose is is fair enough, but I hope that the Ryder Cup remains something different. Yeah, I, something I've I've thought about a lot over the last 10 days or so, I, and I remember vividly walking around Marco Simone and just seeing the size of the infrastructure there and just being reminded of how massive the the Ryder Cup has become and you know coming over that bridge into the main spectator area at Marco Simone and the first thing you see is uh, it, it, it's not a shop it's a superstore selling Ryder Cup merchandise and and on Sunday morning, we 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 came in early because my producer wanted to get a souvenir, and then we saw the we saw the length of the queues to get in there, and just said, "Oh, stuff that we're we're not we're not going to bother." Um, but that's just indicative of how much money is just flowing through a Ryder Cup. Not to mention the hundreds of millions in television revenues and all that goes with it. And the only people that aren't being paid there are the players are mm. the stars and and it did get me thinking and i you know i could see i can see an argument i can see why some people would frame it that way that they should be paid and of course you know back in the day marco mira i've written about this on my in mm. my column um for the bbc sport website the Marco Mira and David Duval and Tiger Woods were saying, hang on a minute, you know, we're the ones that are doing all the work here kind of thing. We should be rewarded. And, you know, lo and behold, Marco Mira and David Duval never come close to being a Ryder Cup captain. I think Tiger Woods will be next time around, but Tiger Woods is is a bit different to everybody else. And I, I digress slightly there. And then but, I just, you know, what what is it? Why, what you know, we... I was there supporting Scotland in the Rugby World Cup and supporting England in the Cricket World Cup. They're all being paid. Why? And, and I feel just as passionately about them. Why, why is the Ryder Cup different? And do you know what the co conclusion I, I've come to, Andrew, is? Yes. That the Ryder Cup is different. It, it is it, different. Yeah. And that is its, that point of difference is why it's so valuable and why the, the players who turn around and say, I would almost pay to play in this ra yeah. rather than be paid to do it why they're so right and and why it has that magic but and it does but and it does as i said create an extra attention and focus on golf and it mm. indirectly therefore creates the money in the game that they're playing for the rest of the year in regular tournaments yeah. and i would say to patrick Andler, how much money do you want for for this then what's it what's it worth to play in the Ryder cup and a lot of players as you say would say you know, would say, listen, I I earn my money in the rest of the year. This is like, as an American golf podcast, the shotgun start that I listened to, they made a very good comparison. They said, it's like the All-Stars game, the NBA All-Stars game, or the baseball All-Stars game, which is even, they they get, I think they get a couple of complimentary tickets and a sandwich. You know, it's I mean, it's, it's almost that. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. but, but they realize yeah, that... but the Ryder Cup's but, not an exhibition all-star no, game. No, it's not. It? No, but, the ex but that is a reward for excellence. It's a reward for your work throughout the year as well. I'm not saying it's an exhibition game, the Ryder Cup, but I'm just drawing a comparison to another sport mm -hmm. whereby to play in it is a not a privilege in itself, but it is a real honor to have been selected and just go out and play for competition and to entertain. You are earning for the rest of the year money that, as I said, indirectly comes into the game because... Sponsors come into the game because they see. Look, I mean, there will be some companies that aren't you. Know, they don't aren't aware of golf or what what it can do, and then they see the Ryder Cup and go, "My goodness, I'd quite like to be a part of that. I might want to sponsor that player. I might want to, mm -hmm. you know." I mean, these are high profile players anyway. But and incidentally, players do get paid. 
On the US team, they get $200,000 each for a charity of their choice. Now, it's for charity. But in almost every case, it's their own charitable foundation, Mm. which, of course, do good work. But they also offer considerable tax breaks. They also get travel, accommodation, hospitality for friends and family. 20% of the Ryder Cup's media rights go to the PGA Tour and into its pension fund to the benefit Mm. of all the players on the PGA Tour. So there is... There is and, the, and the other thing to say, of course, is that the money that it generates in a home match for Europe basically bankrolls the European tour for four yeah. years. So what, what would you like for this, Patrick? Would you like, there's a million dollars for you, just hard and fast, a check for a million dollars. Will you be happy with that? I just, I think it's, oh, it, it frustrates me because you, it's like you said, you can go through it in your head and say, why shouldn't they get paid? It's a, it, they are the, they're the stars, and then well, the other thing, the other aspect to it is that if if you are starting to play players, pay, sorry, pay players to play, then when it comes to wildcard picks, like Keegan Bradley, <laughs> Keegan Bradley feels very aggrieved that he wasn't in that in that Ryder Cup team, but that, that them's the slings and arrows of of selection yeah. for a team. But if you're suddenly being denied the opportunity to have a million dollars. In, in payment or whatever it might be, well then suddenly you've got a you've got a case, haven't you? You could yeah. you could you could suddenly be taking Zach Johnson to court, saying, "Hang on a minute, I finished higher than him. That Justin Thomas, I finished way higher than him. Why are you picking him?" You know, yeah. the can of worms that would be opened is is horrific. Yeah, um, I don't. Know. It's a, it's golf is a is a beautiful sport but there's um it's it's funny because there's so much money in it as i said it's a, it's a niche sport so it's a, of big business and 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 it's it's so well funded overfunded you might say that it's just it's distorting things a little bit and um but, you know uh, we we wandered around uh, marco simoni didn't we and in our commercially sort of way quietly said to each other oh, I'd much rather be at the Walker Cup. Well, it, it, yeah. it, well, because it's just when you boil it down to the, the essence of yeah, absolutely. Because we could not wait for it just to be the golf. Yeah, and I understand that things have blown up around it, and it's the it's the business of golf as well. And as you said, it effectively mm. funds the DP World Tour. Um, but you know, I was there wanting to see the competition. Yeah. The competition was great, as it as it so often is at the Ryder Cup. Um, and, and once we saw the emotions that it stirred in those massive crowds as well, I think well, I'd certainly take back what what I said to you when we were mumbling and moaning to each other and uh, you know walking through you know this massive because it was so it just felt so far removed from the game of golf, didn't it? That that just the size and the industry yeah. that that the Ryder Cup is, but actually at the heart I mean, of it. I, I, I don't know what you said to the people who were saying how was the Ryder Cup but I've been saying to everyone it was amazing yeah. it was a, just a fantastic experience from start to finish really um, I, I thought an, a, a, an incredible European performance of dramatic final day but as a spectacle and a piece of sporting theatre it was it was right up there among the very best things that I've I've ever been to, and then of yeah. course, and then of course it got subsumed by Scotland against Ireland. S- Scotland against Ireland. Scotland getting uh, absolutely humped. horsed, humped, humped. <laughs> Let's just say that once a week on our podcast, <laughs> we'll say that the the section of the podcast where Ian <laughs> describes somebody getting humped in sport. Anyway, so um, but yeah, we're, I don't know. Yeah. Cantley and Shoffley. Schaufler. Uh, so I was in um, around Stuttgart area for for my work up in Germany, and um, that's oh, where his one of his grandfathers comes from because he's got two German grandfathers, um, uh, great grandfathers. Schaufler. His name Schaufler. That's another name that they've messed up. You've got to get in early before the Americans. You've got to get in within six Is months of them calling somebody. Schaufler, yeah, Schaufler. So he'd, uh, his great grandfather was a very, very, very good footballer. Played for VfB yes. Stuttgart. And then uh, competed at the Olympics in throwing events. He was six foot eight. Um, Richard Schaufler. He's known as Molly, and there's a Molly Schaufler Sport Hall, Sport Halle in Stuttgart, which is quite well known. So um, that's whence he comes, uh, Schaufler. But again, if you don't get in there like we did with Aubrey, if you don't get in early, mm. oh, how pleased am I, incidentally, that um, they're calling him uh, Ober on the Golf Channel on everything. Yes. Yeah, yeah the BBC is still global. spelling it wrongly, Ian. So you've got to have a word with them. And every well, I did have a word. I had a word on that, and they um, and the, the 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 reply was that they don't do that for any of the overseas names. So like well, Jürgen, spelling it wrongly, then Jurgen Klopp should have 
you know, various things. I can't remember what the what's an it um, called. An umlaut. Uh, umlaut. Um, and um, they don't do it for any of them. Which yeah, I, well, you know, no, I disagree yeah. with that because uh, if you're putting I, an accent on a on a, a letter in German, it's it's yeah. the same. They have 26 letters in the alphabet, but yeah, I'm, I'm it, a with a point. ring above it's a different letter. So yeah. I'm I'm disappointed in the BBC, and yeah. I'll be having words with them. Yeah, um, I am as well. To be honest, I I think they should. Uh, so if you were entering an event under a pseudonym, Ian, what name would you come up with? <laughs> <laughs> Ex BBC correspondent, probably. Uh, what would I guide? Andrew Waterman. Go? Where have they Where have they come yeah. up with Andrew Waterman? I don't know. Don't know who is Andrew Waterman. Who is it? So I, I, well, I googled Andrew Waterman. It was all Dennis yeah. Waterman. He's sadly no yeah. longer with us. No. But anyway, um, so there we go. I had a yeah. fictional uh, uh, when I maybe, was younger. Maybe, a... <laughs> maybe, maybe he's He's Minder, Andy Waterman. Mm. Um, so, no, I, I used to pretend I was an American detective when I was about seven years old called Steve Marks, and he solved crimes. And he, I would sort of <laughs> dive over the back of the sofa and drive around in a Sirocco, which I thought was the coolest yeah. car around at the time. Or maybe it was an Audi Quattro. I can't remember. Steve Marks. I mean, that's the most exotic name my feeble imagination could come up with. Yeah, Steve oh, I'm, I'm really struggling. You, I wish you'd given me warning on that question. Sorry, well, you can. So, you know, I don't have a little think about that. That can no. be, you, you can end, you can end the podcast by <laughs> yeah. telling us your name. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to talk more about the Dunhill links. Eddie was playing with Dave Farrell, bass player with Lincoln Park. Um, oh, yeah. I wondered who he was. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd are, we, are you going to give Eddie a ring? See if we can. Shall we try and ring him just now quickly? Hang yeah. a second. Let's see if it works. I'm going to have to switch the Wi Fi on my phone to do it. I'll do a WhatsApp call and see, see if this works. Hang on a second. He'll probably be in the car just now. So, um, yeah. where is he? Uh, there's Eddie there. Let's give him a call and see if what happens. Oh, here we go. Andrew Carter. <laughs> Eddie, you're li- you're not live on the chipping forecast because we're not. This is recorded. But um, anyway, uh, how are you? Can you hear me? Okay. Is this Chris Tarrant? Is this Chris Tarrant from Doctor Millionaire? <laughs> yes, you're my phone a friend. I can't imagine what um, alternative universe you'd be my phone a friend in. What category? What category? I'd phone you for um, wine knowledge and and yeah. about golf gadgets. Um, so I'm on I'm on I'm on a hundred pounds at the moment, Eddie, and I'm absolutely stumped. Anyway, how was the how was the Dunhill Links? It was a bit of a sad weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was a wet weekend. Um, never seen rainfall so consistent, to be honest. Uh, the course is, I mean, drained quite well. Carnoustie obviously took a hell of a beating, and uh, the team did really well, I think, to make it somewhat playable today. Uh, but a shame for the event. Yeah. Mm. How, how was um? We're, we're, we've we've had a rant about Hatgate and everything, so we've done all the serious stuff in the pod, and now I'm talking about Dave Farrell, bass player with Lincoln Park. He was your partner, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I only spent two days with him this week, but um, yeah, he was my partner, nice guy. I actually played with him in 2016 when it was his first time up here. So um, he's never made a cut as a am, and no pro he's ever played with has made a cut. So. Um, oh. You know, his, uh, his bad omen continues, I'm afraid. Yeah. So you're now, because you're a day delayed, you're going straight down, you're in the car, you're going straight off to Spain? Yeah, I'm going home tonight and then uh, off tomorrow morning uh, to uh, Madrid, yeah, so pretty quick turnaround, which isn't ideal, but um, is what it is, life on tour, um, you know, glass of Merlot, Cabernet Franc, which might have been option A or option B, I can't see your screen, Andrew, but um, <laughs> it's all Oh dear! All right, okay. We're going to let you carry on with your journey. We'll see. We'll speak properly. You'll be back fully on the podcast next week, um, I presume, after a glorious finish in uh, in Madrid. Do you, uh, is it a course you like? Is it a tournament you like? I do. Yeah, we're usually playing for second place because John Rahm goes around that place at about thirty five under par usually. So uh, he's there this week, which is nice. But uh, I like it. Yeah, I love Madrid. Love Spain generally. So um, I'm looking forward to the next two two weeks. Nice to get some sun and out of miserable Scotland, something you'd know all about, Andrew. Well, that's a harsh way to end this phone call, but uh, uh, probably factually accurate. Anyway, it has been a bit a bit rainy there, but I know it's usually an event you love, the Dunhill Links, so you'll be back next year playing with... Uh, they'll put you back with Bloomberg next year. Um, right, okay. We'll let you go, Eddie. Safe travels, and we'll speak next week. Right now. Good luck, Andrew. Cheers, thank you. Not Ian. Um, there we are, that's Eddie Pepper, golfer. Hot. He wouldn't have been able to hear me. I suddenly realised. So I just yeah, enjoyed exactly. that conversation. No, I was trying to. I was trying to. I wasn't being rude. To him, I know. While I was speaking to him, I was thinking, is there a way I can make him hear you? And there wasn't really. Mm. 
Anyway, Dave Farrell, bass player of Linkin Park, um, also toured with Tasty Snacks with an X, a Christian punk and ska band. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I was looking up Dave Farrell. He's got a degree in philosophy from UCLA and used to do a golf podcast with his friend Brendan Steele. He joined Liv. Um, yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah. Wow. Anyway, there we are. So let's move it. We've, uh, we've circled back. We've circled back, as people say... Um, sometimes these days we circle back to the Dunhill link so let's move on again from that yeah. uh, the other event taking a uh, PGA Tour yeah <laughs> but I saw Luke, Luke List Luke List won yes lucrative uh, lucrative list but um won and uh, it won a playoff five man playoff hold a 45 yeah. footer but Ludwig Ludwig Ober was in there as well so um, you know I, I mean he is you know, now just trying to hammer out the PGA Tour events because he's he's sort of fresh out of. It's amazing being a Ryder Cup player before you've really established yourself on the yeah. on the PGA Tour. But I think everyone is sitting up and taking notice of of his talent now. Do you think he'll he'll win um, before the the year is out? I, I, I think I there's every yeah. he may well. I think there's every chance. You know, when you get the events which are slightly less strongly attended, that. Um, well, yeah. I mean, he's playing this week um, in the the Shriners, um, Shriners Children's Open in Las Vegas. So, uh, but the Lexi story about Thompson. Lexi Thompson is playing now. Lexi Thompson. Now, it's been done before with uh, Annika Sonson, with Michelle Wee playing. A couple of others have played, and obviously, it gets attention. Now, they are able to give a sponsor's invitation, so it's not taking a place away from anyone else, and they're allowed to give a sponsor's invitation to whoever they want. So I, I, I quite like it. It's, uh, it creates a little bit of extra interest. But, but when it was announced that she was going to play in it, Lexi Thompson had been having a, a wretched year. She came into the Solheim mm. Cup. Um, she came into the Solheim Cup having missed eight cuts in eleven right. events. But actually, since the Solheim Cup, she's done pretty well. She's finished, I think, eighth and, and fifth. And the thing about Lexi Thompson is, you know, I don't expect her to make the cut, but she does average 270 yards off the tee. She's one of the bigger hitters. It's not a particularly long course in Las Vegas. It's about 7,000, maybe 7,100 yards or so. It's not a, a brutally long course. So, you know, it'd be, it'd be interesting. And and that's the whole point, people getting interested in it. This is my ignorance now. Is, is Las Vegas at altitude? Uh, this is my ignorance as well, and I think if you're playing, I don't know. I have half a feeling it might be, but it might not be. But anyway, mm. um, your your point's absolutely valid in terms of the length that she can generate. Um, I, 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 my my issue with, uh, well, I don't know whether it's a good thing or or a bad thing. I mean, it's got us talking about the tournament, so in that respect, do you think it might look bad thing. if she plays if she plays well, poorly? Well, exactly. She's, I mean, she's and putting people say, oh, her reputation and women's golf's reputation on the line somewhat there. I mean, I think back to Annika Sorenstam when she played the Colonial um, back, when was it, 2003, four, something like that? Um, yeah, she was, she was utterly dominant on the in the women's game at the time, Michelle Wee when she played um, in she played a, a number of men's events, didn't she? She actually played the European Masters at Grand Sorcier, mm. um, and a, a, again she was she was this kind of phenom that had come in into the game, was hitting the ball miles, was generating an awful lot of of publicity. This just seems the weirdest season imaginable. To to get yeah. Lexi Thompson involved, it does very much so, yeah, because she um, hasn't been, she hasn't been playing well, and she's not the yeah. force she was certainly. But uh, it, you're right, it's a, it's no, a very, maybe very Rose Zhang or something like that. But even then, I don't, you know I don't no. think that would have been yeah. would would you know let let the I, I, you know I think the the strength of the women's game is there, and it's it's about providing a platform for it without yeah. having to borrow into you know I'm just slightly in uh, uneasy about. About the whole thing, really, I think. Yeah. Um, 610 metres, Las Vegas, so it's 2,000 feet thereabouts. So it's yeah. not really altitude. No, um, it's not making oh, But it'll be difference. warm, it'll be dry, the ball will be going a long way. Um, the Shriners. So the Shriners, Ian... Do you know? Mm. The, you know? Do you know about the Shriners? I mean, you I should don't, do. It, yeah. No. Well, I, the, the, I, I, I just find it one of those annoying tournament strange. names that's really weird to have to write. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a weird group. Without wishing to offend our Shriners listeners, there, there's something. 
America is quite a sort of a, a clubby society based, you know, when you think about frat houses and soror- sororities, etc. And the Shriners are, are um, a Masonic society. So I, I first found out about the Shriners when we went to Medina for the 2006 USPGA. Um, it's a Masonic society and Medina was there, one of their golf clubs. It was created mm. by the Shriners who were known at the time and until fairly recently, they were still, the, the full title was the Ancient Arabic Order of the Nobles of the Mystic Shrine. So they gave themselves this exotic title in the 1870s, this sort of um, uh, Arabic feel to it because that was the height of exotica. Um, and uh, John Wayne, he was a Shriner. Um, and so Medina, that's why Medina is called Medina, the golf club, because it's named after Medina, the one of the holy cities of of Islam in, in Saudi Arabia. So, And it's why the clubhouse there looks the way it does with the uh, arabesque towers and domes. Yes. And you know the lake that on the 17th hole that a few people went into, the par three, that is um, Lake Khadija. Uh, right. And she, well, she was the, the wife of uh, Muhammad, the prophet Muhammad, so... There we are. Um, they I changed remember the name that hole short... for those tee shots that oh, Tiger Woods and Luke Donald hit. Oh, I just, I, I just remember watching those tee shots from. Well, I remember watching because you you wait up on that tee and the pressure there, and you'd see the yeah. groups in front teeing off before you fought, got down to the green to watch your your own group. And I just thought that like, how they do this under that pressure and the crowd and everything, the ball just sailing and. Drifting down to the green with the waterways. Amazing. I just thought, you, I was a, you were um, you were stationed there, weren't you, for, on the last day at Medina? Yes. So there's a if you see, ever see Justin Rose holding his putt and sort of waddling celebration, yeah. he sort of put his arms out like he's it's like a Robocop, peng- walk, wasn't <laughs> it? a Robocop, a Robo Penguin, yeah. and um, and I'm sort of in the background as as Mickelson gives his thumbs up to to Rose. That was yeah, that was uh, that was a great. That was uh, that's what I missed about the Ryder Cup this year. I really do miss miss. Yeah being out there in the heat of battle. But um, there we are, the Shriners, and they now have the sort of children's, Shriners Children's Hospitals, which they fund. So, and they sponsor this event. So we'll see how Lexi Thompson gets on, but I'm very interested to see how Ludwig carries on doing as well. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I've got, I, yeah, sorry, go on. Well, I was just going to say, what, what, uh, Mark's out of 10 for his Ryder Cup debut. I mean, he was on the right side of a 9-7 and seven victory, uh, yeah. won both his foursomes, um, yeah, he did. He did. I mean, I think otherwise. I, mean, I think it, you'd say he would probably say five out of ten because he's a you know he's he yeah. he knows he could do better. But I mean, for a guy I as I said harsh. who's just out of college, no. But, I, but I'm I'm I, I think five out of ten is a good score. You're talking to you're talking to someone who you know would, would grade themselves two out of ten most of the time. When I say no, five out of ten, I, I mean it was neither good nor bad. It was. I'd, I'd give say, it a seven and a half. I would. Yeah, out of yeah. out of fifty. Ten. No. no, I would say I think. I know when I say five out of ten, I mean I thought he did well. I didn't. Yeah, uh, oh, right. So, well, yeah. Oh, no, I'm I'd glad you didn't mark my exams. Actually, you probably did mark my exams when yeah, I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Five out of ten, perfect. Um, anyway, so there we are. Right. What other things to talk about before we uh, wrap up? You're getting um, some new clubs. I am. I, want, I, I wanted to talk about TGL, TGL Golf. Actually, there's time to talk oh, about okay. TGL Golf, isn't there? We don't need to talk about it just now. Uh, just yeah, to, they, they were having a bit of a launch. We can talk about it. There's plenty of time to talk between now and January about yeah. TGL Golf. So we'll maybe just leave that. I am going to get some new clubs because I've got about four or five sets of irons, uh, you know, from, from way just back Just four when. or five. Yeah, but you, yes, we don't. But my feeling is that technology in irons and this will be totally wrong but if you're getting a real sort of set of blade irons because I love blades and I just love the way they look and I love the again the challenge and the challenge of hitting mm. them is that how can they have improved from when I had I've always had uh, you know this isn't a BBC podcast I can say it you just make non-committal noises about it mm. but I had Mizuno blades I always had Mizuno yes. blades mm. and I really really like them and so technology won't have moved on as long as you get the right shaft in them. But I think the shaft that I've got now, because I used to have X100s and things like that and, and Project X, quite stiff shafts. And I don't think, as Eddie pointed out, I don't think they're the shaft for me now. So I'm going to go and get fitted and get a new set of set of irons. And um, and this is all building towards, you know, just getting back and playing a little bit more and 
because I was hitting uh, clubs, uh, I was hitting irons out to this uh, event in Germany. It's just had time to spare, and I went and hit 20 balls in the range. And I had to borrow clubs from the pro shop, and they were quite flexy shafts. Mm. They hung quite nicely, so I don't know. Well, there you go. So you just need to accept that you are now of a senior age. Where you're going to have pastel-coloured graphite yeah. shafts. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm experimenting with some, some, um, some carbon shafts at the moment. And um, yeah, we'll see how we go uh, on Wednesday. Uh, okay. But no, I, I think that's very encouraging that you're uh, you're you're looking to invest. You will be buying these clubs. I am buying them. Yeah, no, yeah. I I am yeah. seriously because I just uh, wanted and, to check. Yeah. No, but we could go out of our way to say, hey, I'll tell you what, give us a set of clubs and we'll give you a match. But I don't like doing. You know, you can't. But I don't. I don't like doing. It's why I don't advertise anything on yeah. social media. Yeah. I don't. I'd, I'd quite. I'd rather. I'd rather pay for the stuff and not be. Maybe maybe we're naive Ian, and don't understand the way of the modern world because because <laughs> you could really go full out on social media and just go here we are we're just flogging everything. Yeah, but I quite no, like the idea of just right, no. saying, listen, they they they've got a product. I'm willing to buy it. Why shouldn't they get money for it? And then mm. I don't have to also feel a responsibility to look like a, a shill saying, oh by the way, I've got these <laughs> irons here and I really nailed them today. Yeah. Um, anyway, so there we are. Uh, right, emails. Alistair yes. Coy, a nice email from Alistair Coy. Said he's going to be out in Dubai working as a marshal. Has done for lots of, lots of years, and I think he's going to say hello to. Uh, well, he was planning to say hello to you and Eddie. Eddie might not be there. Eddie's going to have to have a big two weeks in Spain. Yeah, and I hope he does. I'll be there, but, and I will very happily say hello and um, and be delighted to meet Alistair. Hunt him down. Now, somebody said, I finally found a picture of Eddie Pepperell through the Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, no, the, though the Wikipedia one appears to be of him as a 16-year-old. He looks like our paper boy. That's from Cindy with a heart emoji. So, there we are. Thank I you. Was, I was thinking the other day, actually, um, actually, when I came through the Eurostar, I saw someone reading a newspaper, and I thought it looked so unusual. I mean... Do paper boys exist anymore? Because they, uh, yeah, everyone just reads. They on, do for online. Cindy. Uh, yeah, yeah. It looks her paper boy looks like Eddie Purple. Maybe it is Eddie yeah. actually. Mm. So um, might be after this season actually. Anyway, yeah. so <laughs> so no people do still read papers, but you're right, it's not uh, not quite so much. Mm. Um, no people just actually just watch videos on their phones in public places without headphones. That annoys yeah. me. Um, yes. Things that annoy Andrew, number 738. So if you're playing. Tell you what I did I Take on the phone train. calls on speakerphone as well. Why, yeah. why, what are you doing that? So I can hear what you're saying to your mother in law. What's going on? So while I was away, my the rest of my family started watching Sex Education on Netflix. Ooh. And so uh, the decree was made that you need to download the first two episodes and watch them when you get a moment so that we can all start watching the program together and you're, you're properly caught up. So I naively downloaded the first two episodes of Sex Education to watch on the train going to uh, the rugby. Mm. And I've got to say that that's not something you should do in a on a on a on a public mode of transport. Why are your family watch encouraging you to watch? watch it's a great that. program. It's a really Is good it? program, right? But, no, I've heard I've heard of not, it. I, not yeah. not to make, not for not, a public forum. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I, I once um, there was a guy in the seat behind me in the plane. The reason I thought about this was because there was a guy just watching a film, and he's, actually there was a, while I was getting driven through Paris, the driver was watching TV on his phone while driving. Yeah, um, and I thought that's not yeah, that's, that's not, on. not on. My annoyance there was not so much as in that's annoying me, as in I may this may well be the end of my days here. So, um, but anyway, there's a guy in the seat behind me on the plane just watching a film, but he's watching it without speakers. He's just got the volume cranked up. Oh, and you can't do What's that. that. You can't do that. That no, is no, that's bad. So, that's so do you know what I did, Ian? I I I frowned at him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then inwardly, actually, I have once told. So I have told some one person off for playing a video in a in a restaurant really loudly, and it yeah. was Yelena Yankovic, the number one really? tennis player in the world at the time. So it was a hotel for Wimbledon, <laughs> and uh, a lot of the players were staying there as well, um, near Chelsea Bridge or something like that. I can't remember. What. Anyway, and this I heard this blaring over breakfast, and it, and this. When we were showing her phone and then we were watching this clip and I thought it was just a clip so I let it go but it went on for about three minutes and so I went over and as I was going over I was going oh it's Yelena Yankovic but I was committed then because I was walking they'd looked up and seen me walking towards the table so I thought I can't then just pretend I'm going to pick up a dropped <laughs> fork or something so I just thought I'm going to see this through I said I said listen I don't think everybody here really wants to hear your video um, and she looked absolutely stunned 
And yeah. um, and I since then I've never had because I don't like confrontation. Whoa! But since no, then I, I've never had the the courage to do it again to anyone else. But I, I can I say I peaked because I told to, I told the number one tennis player in the world to stop watching. And, and, and did she? Did she? Did yeah, she, she did. They told? did. Well, so it was, you, it was, you should feel emboldened. No, I, I felt like it was a victory, not as big a victory as the Ludwig Ober one, but um, but I thought that it was a, it was a bit of a victory. So I still look back on that with some fondness. But um, yeah, I probably wouldn't do it again. I'd just frown. No, I've lost my nerve. Yeah, my nerve's gone. Yeah. Oh dear. Anyway, I think good. it's time for us to yeah to end. Now we've rambled on a bit. Oh, people are listening to us. Going, <laughs> we need Eddie back, don't we? <laughs> we've got him back next week, and and it's only circumstances this week that he's not here. Uh, he uh, was genuinely very sorry. He passes on his yeah. apologies, everyone. Yeah. I heard him there. On the I loved car. it on the I loved it on the on the WhatsApp group when he just said, "Guys, officially, I am not available for the podcast <laughs> this week." Yeah, but he officially. ended it. So he ended it, that message with the the slightly downcast emoji that looks a little yeah. bit. It's 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 a sad one, but it's not crying. Yeah. But it's a sad one with the eyes just closed, looking looking down a little bit. Um, a sad emoji. A sad emoji, as mm. listeners to the cut will be aware of. Right. Anyway, we're going to we're going to leave this episode of the Chipping Forecast now, and we yep. will return. Next week with Eddie Pepperell and with more nonsense to give you. Thank you very much. Bye bye, everyone. Bye bye. I'm going to enter the Stableford as H.E. John Wayne. And that completes this edition of the Chipping Forecast. Wishing you a safe and pleasant night. Holding Pocket.